those mixed CDs really propelled the game because like those went all over the world. And then we recorded like so many songs that one day and uh, we made like the next mixed CD. It was called Return of the Crime Minister, Vibes Cartel. Mm. Was this when you linked with um, Bobby Connors' Massive B? I was linking with Bobby from, from way back. So Bobby was like a mentor to me and he still is. Junior Reed, I connected with him because I had a remix that I did on one of my mix CDs, one of the same reggae meets hip hop remix CDs. And that's really what made my name, to be honest with you. Cartel is, I would say, the hardest working artist I've ever worked with in my life. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a special guest live inside the studio. Listen, this is my good friend here, all right? He's a DJ. He's a producer. He worked in radio for years, and he tours across the globe. You'll see him in India, right over to Las Vegas, right to Toronto. You know what we have in the building today? We have DJ Power in the building today. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, Big Boss? <laughs> what up, brother? Good to see you again, as always. Always. Bless love, up. Oh, you know. Always. Thank you for actually making it to the studio. I think we actually did a, a live during the pandemic about two years ago. Yeah, I think we yeah. did something during the pandemic, yeah. but we never act- I never actually came to the studio. Yeah. Congrats on the big studio. Thank you. Know you. What I mean, I know you've been here for a minute, but yeah. I've, this is my first time Listen, here. Listen, so. first time for everything. Yeah, so. You understand. Enough respect. Somebody like you, you're you're an interesting character because you do so much in the business, but you still move pretty low key. You understand? You're not one of those hype guys. Yeah, 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 me, me, me. But right. tonight we're gonna really figure out what power does and how power became to become DJ Power. Right. You understand? All right, let's do it. Music. When do you actually start to fall in love with music? Um, basically as a kid, um, my parents were the first inspiration. Um, my mom was really big into music. So she had a bunch of records, like for anything from soul, soul music, jazz music, pop, um, R&B, like everything. She had everything. And then, and then my pops had a lot of like Calypso, Afrobeat music and reggae, you know what I mean? Cause we were, you know, we we're Caribbean, so we had like the mix. We had yeah. everything basically. So that kind of gave me like all the genres, you know, like growing up, like listening to music. I started DJ when I was 12 because I had like, yeah, because she had like vinyl. And I was like, let me try, try a thing, you know, do some house parties for the yeah. family and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I started. And what was your DJ name back then when you first started out? When I first started, I didn't have a DJ name. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> just like I'm DJ. The guy with some records. I didn't get to the DJ yeah. name yet because I was just doing like in the house for family parties and just like fooling around. So I mm-hmm. wasn't really an official DJ then yet, you know? And what type of music did you like at that point? Because you know your parents, they have their music and stuff, but you as a young man now or a kid coming up, right. what type of music did you I like? I like, I like hip hop, rap, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That was the first thing that I kind of gravitate, you know, kind of touch me, you know what I mean? So that kind of, like, when I heard that, like, mm-hmm. when cousins were bringing, like, <laughs> you uh. know, tapes and stuff like that, I would hear that shit, and I was like, yo, this is for me. And then I, that's how, I, like, I started, like, just, like, even even on the turntables, I was, like, trying to learn how to scratch and, like, do that kind of stuff, you know. Because remember, there wasn't no YouTube at that time where, no. where you, you weren't even old enough to go to a club, so you'd hear it, you'd probably see it, so then you have to figure out in your mind 
how do I duplicate this and make it work for me? Well, I was sneaking out, to be honest with you. I was sneaking out <laughs> at like 13, 14, yeah. sneaking out, Come on. going to these little, you know, basement parties and community centers mm-hmm. um, parties and like just watching the DJ. I would like literally stand there watching yeah. the DJ the whole night and just like try to like and then try to copy everything they would do i even know what they would do why are they doing this like why are they like taking this record and doing this i was like what are they doing but i was just like okay let me just try and learn you know and then that's kind of how i kind of got into it right and what part of the city did you grow up in i was in the west so i was in different like i basically moved around so Mm -hmm. um when i moved with my pops it was oakwood and vaughn um and then we got a spot by um by Ossington. Okay. I was close to Ossington Station, but I spent a lot of time in jungle too growing up. Yeah. So that was kind of like where I learned about the like the going in the basement parties and doing yeah. those kind of parties. And was like there that. any DJ in particular that you remember watching that really said, I like the technique that this guy's using here, or was more anybody that could put a, a record on the um, turntable? DJs that I saw were like the sound system DJs. So I would say like, I don't really remember the names of all the, <laughs> the sounds, but like the reggae sounds, definitely. Well, Black Supreme, I would see Black Supreme, so big up Black Supreme. Um, and then like Chic Dynasty, um, like the sounds, basically. Yeah. You know, like the what are the other sounds? The some of the sounds I can't. It was Chic Dynasty. Um, it was a TKO. Yeah. It was um Kilowatt, Kilowatt Sunshine yes, sounds. Yes. Yeah, like, you know that was when I was a kid. So because back like, then it was really the um as you said the s- sound system. It wasn't really DJs per se. The DJ yeah. would be part of the the crew. You right. understand? But it wasn't actually right. DJ so and so. It was right, part of exactly. the crew. Exactly. It was part yeah. of the crew. So you know that was like just watching them and like. Yeah. Being like an, oh, you're like a kid just watching these guys. Yeah. Like, you're just they're like, like, what they're the? like gods to you, bosses. <laughs> yeah, you know. In your mind, your skills are so crazy. It's like, how do you do what you do? Right. But then now, when you look back at it, it's like they were doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, they were barely mixing. <laughs> yeah, they were barely mixing. But you're like, yo, yeah. that should look crazy to me yeah. <laughs> at the time. Next level. Yeah. Starting out 12, sneaking out, doing your stuff, playing at the house parties and stuff. So then where was the next move for you where you really started to say, okay, let me move forward with this more? Was it high school? After it was high school. High school where- I would do like, um, like they had those assemblies and then I would... I DJed at one of those little yeah. high schools. That time I was at Central Tech or Oak, Oakwood. Mm-hmm. I think it was at Oakwood. And I DJ, DJed that. And then, like, that was like everybody went crazy at that. Mm-hmm. And then I went to this um, York University. Um, just I was like 16 years old. Went to this York University. I think it was York University, yeah, 105.5 DJ mm-hmm. competition. Okay. And then I won that competition at okay. 16 years old. And yeah. I won, like, equipment, like, Two turntables, a mixer. That was like, cause I didn't, we didn't have, I didn't have enough to get that at the time. So I was like, when I won it, I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I got the equipment mm-hmm. then, and then like, and then I was DJing and basically in the basement parties a lot, mm-hmm. um, in jungle and stuff like that. I was DJing basement parties, trying to get like the community center was where, like that was like the club that that was like, oh, if I could make it to the community center, hey, then I made it. Smiling. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. I made it because like the big DJs would you know obviously play there, and I was younger, so 
I was trying to make it to that level, you know, and get to there. And then I would do like other DJ competitions, mm -hmm. like the DMC, they had a DJ competition. I think I placed like third in that one or something like that. So like I was just try like I was yeah. doing like a lot of the DJ competitions, trying to get my name out there, mm -hmm. scratching, mixing, doing all kind of tricks, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I started producing around the same time because I had a little Casio keyboard. You started producing yeah. from back then, Paul? Yeah, no? I started producing from back then. I had a little Casio keyboard, yeah. and then I was making beats on the little keyboard. Mm -hmm. And then I produced tracks for like early tracks for like Motion and all them. Like, yeah, like they were like the older, like the, you know yeah. what I mean. They, I looked up to them because mm -hmm. they were there was other artists that were. Um, What's the other artist? I'm trying to think. Like, well, I didn't do Mishi. Actually, I think I did one for Mishi. Not Mishi, but mm -hmm. um, I think it was on her album. Anyways, I worked with Ebony a lot. It was another jungle um, rapper. Mm -hmm. And he was writing for some of the other bigger artists. Mm -hmm. So I was producing for, like, low-key producing for a lot of these people behind yeah. the scenes. You know what I mean? And just, like, making beats. And that's, that's how I learned. And then I got my SP-12. Then I got my bigger keyboard, my, yeah. you know, the bigger one. And then, then it was just like, it was on from there. Like, I just loved the fact that I could produce my own sounds and then work with U-Bad. You know, U-Bad was my brother's group. Mm -hmm. um, we produced a lot of records for them. And then I made my label Blacklist. You know? Okay, so you had a label from back then. Yeah, I had a label from back then. It's mm -hmm. called Blacklist. Mm -hmm. So I put my, me and my brother... Um, we put out like his stuff, which is you bad, mm -hmm. and then we had like other artists like Ebony, some Motion, um, different artists we had, and we just like put out records from yeah. back then. That's when like it was hard to put out records. Of course, because remember, mad money. remember this records, is vinyl. You know? This isn't even a CD. This is actual vinyl, boss. Yeah, we were like teenagers trying to like get this shit doing, like trying yeah. to get this thing going from Canada too. You know? Yeah, so that's how kind of I started. I did both. I produced and DJ and then and during my career I took breaks like yeah. I didn't want to produce for a long time there's a long time I didn't want to like my head was just into DJ and then yeah. there was a long time where I stopped DJing literally yeah. I just went to produce like straight production yeah. you know it's just kind of how the creative process works and sometimes I just like you kind of have to zone out mm -hmm. and that's kind of how it went but all, all through the times I was I was both, like, you, you know, both. even though sometimes I was less doing this and more doing this, but mm -hmm. it just pretty much been it. So then when did your, you get your name? Was DJ Power your first name you had? It was my first official name, mm -hmm. and the name came from two things. Um, um, first, like, being, um, my father was a, as an activist, right? Mm -hmm. Black activists. Actually, they own a different book list, so shout out to them. Oh, that's Afri it. That's African and Caribbean bookstore, right? Big, big, so big. So we would go to, like, demonstrations and, you know, when people would, like, police would shoot mm -hmm. black people or shoot, like, you know, and do, do any anything with injustice, whatever, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He would show me, like, a, even strikes because he was in the union and show me about, like, you know, speaking out against certain things that would happen in the community and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So power was kind of, like, it kind of came from the fist, like fight the, the power. power. Yeah, power like black. Well, black power, yeah, like yeah. power, okay. like a fist. So I kind of had like a symbol of a fist. Yeah. But then it also came from um, me being smaller, like you know, and growing up, and and you know, dealing with a lot of stuff in 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 the hood, mm -hmm. and like basically being a powerful person because sometimes <laughs> I'd have to fight, and like <laughs> so they would say, "Oh, that guy's power," you know, mm -hmm. like because. 
you know, like, you know, you know how it is, like, mm-hmm. things happen. <laughs> so it also came from that side, the street side, but also from, like, being, you know, conscious of what was going on and trying to, like, you know, that too. That was that was where power came in because yeah. I know, again, when I introduced you, I, I said that you did radio too. So how long was it that you got your first radio stint between starting DJ and getting on the radio? Um, I didn't get on radio. I don't, I would say, like, probably like i was like maybe 19 mm-hmm. 20 i got on radio because i was i was basically doing djing like in like doing little basement parties mm-hmm. so i could tell you i played in every hood in toronto like, i don't know how many djs yeah. could literally say they played in jungle jane and finch up up top and south side yeah. you know Warner, you know um pelham you know, um, Falstaff um, to Regent Park to to Flemo, everywhere to Doomstown. You know, everywhere like mm-hmm. playing like the community basement parties and actually being outside mm-hmm. and doing those. So I actually played in a prison. I actually played in Collins Bay Pen what? twice. You know, because the, the inmates were requesting mm-hmm. me back then, and I played in there like and. You know, I have friends from there to this day, but I had my friends in there. Some of my yeah. friends were in there already, but yeah. like, you know, I played in there and that was a crazy experience too. Um, so I played in a lot of places to get my name out there yeah. before I actually could get to the clubs in the radio. Okay, so when it was, I got you were to the, the real underground. I guy. was underground yeah. and getting to the, then I got to, like kind of like even, even putting out mixtapes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. for the streets and then i kind of got then the radio kind of came the radio came and then more the clubs came after that because okay. i kind of came into the clubs last to be honest so it was underground yeah then radio radio and then, then the clubs. clubs because well, the clubs weren't letting me in because i was too hardcore yeah the stuff i was playing at the time was more hardcore street hip-hop and they didn't really like that in the clubs here, and especially in Toronto, they wanted more the R and B. Because at this time, remember, we didn't have the Drake, the Weekend, Bieber, none of these guys, right. Tory Lanes, none of these guys were wrong at this time here. So right. they didn't get any. They didn't understand what you're playing. Yeah, we had the Mishimis. The um, was Cardinal wrong at this time here? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mishimi, Cardinal, Maestro, all of these people here, but it was still considered more of a underground music it wasn't that commercial success yet at that point there right it wasn't the commercial success so you really had to grind it out like and kind of make a name for yourself where mm-hmm. they had to put i had to had to make a name to put myself in the club mm-hmm. whereas you know they're like okay this guy's playing something this is too hard he's yeah. gonna bring too much of a street crowd we don't want that but that was the music I was playing. That was yeah. the music that was um, I was doing. You know, At so. that point, so you would like a lot of these basement parties you were playing. Were you like the hip hop DJ alongside a reggae DJ, or you just playing all night by yourself? Well, that's the crazy thing about that because mm-hmm. I was I was first the hip hop DJ playing alongside the reggae sound. So mm-hmm. big up all the reggae sounds, dancehall sounds. But then I was mixing it. Like I was I was a, I was a I was kind of the first originator of mixing the reggae with the hip hop, doing a lot of the hip hop tracks on top of reggae dancehall beats and then dancehall vocals on top of mm-hmm. hip hop beats. Mm-hmm. I was doing that live yeah. and that kind of what kind of what made my name. And then I was pressing up the first hip hop dub plates, actually the first hip hop dub plates that like I was going to Kali B and all of them. Yes. And I was the first guy that was 
put in hip hop songs, like my own songs on these dub plates. So when I play them, they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this guy playing? Like, you know, and he's playing like original hip hop dub plates and they weren't doing it at the time. So that's kind of one thing that I kind of originated, like doing those dub plates and then the remixes, doing those remixes Mm -hmm. that really made me stand out. Like he's actually blending different stuff together. You know what I'm saying? Because at this time here, was Baby Blue around at this time? Yeah. Okay, so it was, remember, the big dogs were Baby Blue. In this generation here was Baby Blue and Elite Squad. They were the big guys at this time here. Now. Yeah, but then remember, we formed Soul Controllers, mm-hmm. right? So pretty much we formed Soul Controllers. Um, and that was the sound where, where I did a lot of the remixes out of with my mix CDs. Mm-hmm. So I started the mix CD game. Yeah. So when I started the mix CD game, doing those remixes for so like under Soul Controllers, those were a lot of the remixes where it stood us apart. So those those mix CDs really propelled the game because like those went all over the world. Okay, you know so even before we get to there now, how long uh, were you DJ Power before you formed Soul Controller or joined Soul Controllers? Well, it was DJ Power, mm-hmm. but then I was like kind of like dabbling with different sounds like in like i had a sound in jungle called um black syndicate mm-hmm. there was a black syndicate like off of basically off of black supreme yeah. and black you know black supreme black reaction like everything yeah. it's black, black. <laughs> <laughs> so we have black syndicate yeah. so it was like black syndicate but um didn't really go anywhere but then i had another one with brother creation that was um two other guys That's from good. jungle um big up kurt mm-hmm. and everybody but um yeah so i had that and then when I when that didn't go anywhere, I went. I just, that's around the time where I kind of went. Okay, and then I f- reformed Soul Controllers. Mm-hmm. After that time, I reformed Soul Controllers. And who was in Soul Control Soul Controllers at this time? It was JYS, DTS, and Tyson. Mm-hmm. Right, it was four of us. Yeah. Right, so it was pretty much like the idea was all right. So if me and let's say me and JYS do an event, then. DTS and Tyson could do an event or something, or, you know, split it up kind of like that. Because the f- the focus was, that time was a sound, so we're building it up, putting out the mix CDs. Sound crew. And building, yeah. You know how that the, the yeah. thing was, the sound crew at those times. So it was like, build it up, yeah, and then you guys could, we could do multiple dates. You know so I mean? there was two MCs and two DJs. Right. Okay, because I know well, JYS. I guess, yeah, J- well, I guess we could say kind of three DJs because DTS is well, both. Mm-hmm. He's a DJ and MC, but more of a DJ. But yeah, I guess you could say like maybe three DJs. So it's easier MC. to but split we, up. But they, sp- they could split it up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And get it moving from there. So right. did you join radio when you got to, so- when you formed Soul Controls or this was after? This was, a- I had, I was on the radio first, mm-hmm. right? I was on the radio first, um, because um, of Motion. Motion brought me on. So big up mm. to Motion. She brought me on with her and yeah. we did the radio. Um, so and then from s- there... You started out producing a couple of tracks for Motion and in yeah. turn she brought you into the yeah, radio. Yeah, she brought me and we became... Yeah, we're very close and you know she brought me on said, all right, you know, I'm going to bring you on this opportunity. She brought me on. So shout out to Motion for real. And then, um, yeah, then the radio, stuck with the radio. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like branch out. That's when we, after, a little while after that, it's when, all right, let's do Soul Controllers as the sound, mm-hmm. you know? What thing, what was your show that you, you were on the radio with? Uh, Master Plan Show. Master Plan, yes. Right. Who else was on it? So it was I you, was Motion, D- and who else? DTS, John Bronski. Yeah. 
Okay, was it four you guys were Yeah, four of us, yeah. And this was 89.5? 89.5, yeah. That was CIUT, Mm -hmm. which was um, University of Toronto Radio. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that, and then, well, I I could tell you after that I went to No, no, tell me. All right, so then after that, I left, and then um, I went to Flow. Mm-hmm. That was flow. Um, that was JY. Because JY is again, because he was so good. He brought me on. Yeah. So another. <laughs> I got another link. It's up. a link to. A, it's a link to a link. I got he, another link up. Right? So, yeah. so JY's brought me on to flow because he got the job at flow, mm-hmm. and then X, the other DJ, was leaving to go to another station. So he said, "All right, I'm gonna bring you on because the other DJ is leaving. There's an opportunity, come through." Mm-hmm. And then so I did that for about a year. Okay. So you were at the original flow. Yeah, the original yeah. flow. I only did that for about a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because remember, I remember Jay Wise was the man on flow at that time. There, as soon as you heard yeah. flow, it was yeah. he was synonymous. Jay Wise flow, flow Jay Wise. Yeah, he started like he was at the beginning, man. Yeah. So shout to Jay Wise, big up. What did you find was the biggest difference with playing on like an eighty nine five to now playing on this big commercial radio station? Um, for me, it was more of like, they had more rules, obviously, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I liked the energy. I liked being able to play for, um, more of an audience at the time. Cause I was doing Monday to Friday, like the prime time slot, I think it was seven to 11, something like that. Mm-hmm. So when it jumps off at seven, you're in your car, you know what it is. We turn it up. So yeah. like straight, like straight yeah. fire from seven o'clock. And I liked that vibe, you know, mm-hmm. it was good was a good vibe and I, and I could play like a lot of artists like shout out to like Preem and you know early Drake and like everybody like that was putting out music at the time like we could push the music right because you have a bigger audience so everybody would send me stuff and I'd be pushing it pushing it pushing it like so much people say like yo I remember when you played my song you know what I mean like so to me that was the best feeling because even on 895 I was pushing people's music shout out to all the artists that came through mm-hmm. did freestyles and all that stuff like that was that was a ama- that was like legendary right but I'm being on flow I could even push it even more so to me it was about supporting people and supporting the artists that were putting yeah. out the good music you know definitely because you you stuck to your roots when it came to hip-hop you were right. serious about your hip-hop you know right did you ever guess on um project bounce no i never went on project bounce because that, that was i was already on flow and then they went to eight they took over 89.5 remember they took over the which is good like they came over and did a whole new wave which is dope so shout out to uh Albert and the whole mm-hmm. project bounce team yeah you know so okay so it was 89.5 to flow and that was it you're doing your stuff here want to talk about your mix cds now right but this is this is where we actually this is where our link really yeah. started was because of the cd yeah because the cds were the, the cds were like i said before it was a mix i was doing cds called reggae meets hip-hop mm-hmm. right and they were mixing dancehall reggae with hip-hop so it'd be like vibes cartel on a hip-hop track or it'd be like you know whoever little wayne on dance all beat whatever like just remixing everything the whole cd is just pure remix mm-hmm. those cds are like everybody like gold to this day so it's all remixes mm-hmm. so what would happen with those cds is they were um bubbling mm-hmm. um they were pushing because i was back and forth to new york so they were pushing them in new york a lot mm-hmm. and then they blew up all over the world basically like because they had a lot of bootleggers mm-hmm. that would take those cds and send them out all over the world so them the cds it was a network, like, i would bro. get like messages from people in 
Afghanistan and like <laughs> UK or wherever, like they got yeah. these CDs and these CDs were just getting bootlegged all over the streets. And that's really what made my name, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that's why I kind of like going back and forth to New York at an early age. Mm -hmm. And then when the radio kind of didn't really do nothing here for me, I left because that's why I only had a year at Floor. And yeah. then the CDs were already jumping off mm -hmm. in New York and I was winning. We won a mixtape award. So shout out to Justo RIP. Justo. We won the mixtape award okay. uh, for the best um, reggae mixtape that year. And that's big in all Yeah, so that's huge. So mm -hmm. I just left and went, you know, permanently moved to New York. I was already back and forth yeah. doing uh, my stuff there, but I just permanently moved because it was just made more sense yeah. to be down You there. have more access to whatever you need and there's more, you could spread what you're doing wider in the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much more, much more. Yeah. So I had to take advantage of that. So that's why I basically left the radio mm -hmm. um, and then just focused on the CDs and then the CDs was what blew up everything because yeah. then I did CDs with um, Vibes Cartel he did it one of his biggest we're, we're mixed gonna, CDs well, I'm not you ready know. for that we're okay, cool. to get in <laughs> we're <laughs> about right. to get into that yeah. when you got to New York now you're living in there you were living in Brooklyn yeah Brooklyn okay was this when you linked with um, Bobby Connors Massive B I linked with them from him from before because mm -hmm. like I said I was going back and forth for a long time mm -hmm. even though I didn't have my place there yet I was really spending a lot of time there and coming back and just doing basically half and half mm -hmm. so I was linking with Bobby from from way back so Bobby was like a mentor to me and he still is mm -hmm. um, somebody that showed me a lot in the business and showed me how like from promotion to running a label to from everything the whole game um, so big up to Bobby Connors, Hot 97, Massive B family for life. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he showed me a lot. So when I moved down there, it was just extension of like, I was already working. Basically, I was kind of like Massive B family anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of like I was working with them, helping them get like, if you wanted dub plates remixed or, mm -hmm. you know, dub plates voice, yo, Bungie, Bungie's in town, go voice Bungie, you know, send me, you know, like, <laughs> so it was like stuff like that. So. I was basically like, you know, massive B soldier, you know, just working, just learning the business and um, do, trying to do my thing at the same time, mm -hmm. you know. You see, because remember when I told you I wasn't ready for that cartel story? Now I'm ready for it because you see, Bobby was the real link to make that happen. Right. You understand? Exactly. Tell me the story. Yeah, so Bobby was the real link because I was always helping them and then I went on the Labor Day Parade and he has the truck, the Massive B truck. Every year I'm on the on the truck, the Hot 97 Massive B truck mm -hmm. and we go, th go through all of um, Brooklyn on Eastern Parkway. So basically, Cartel was on the truck this year mm -hmm. and at that time goes back to the story when I won the mix, remember I won the Mix CD Award in New York. So the, f the next CD I put out, it had the picture of you know, winning the award on the next mix CD. So, <laughs> so that's the CD. That's yeah. the CD I gave to Cartel. I was like, "Yo, this is the you know the CD we have." But it had a lot of his remixes on the CD. So I had Cartel on like crazy different, different kind of different kind of beats. Like yeah. you know, all kind of different kind of beats. It could be hip hop, straight hip hop. It could be house music, whatever. Like I just remixed Cartel some crazy remixes on there, and I gave him the CD. And I said, yo, we should do something. And then he, yeah, he said, yeah, let's link tomorrow. So then yeah. he was staying at the, the Holiday Inn, JFK. That's where he always used to stay. And then so I went by his um, hotel and we had my, I always bring my little mini studio, of course. And then we recorded like so many songs that one day. And then we made like the next mix CD. It was called Return of the Crime Minister, mm -hmm. Vibes Cartel. Mm -hmm. Listen, you know how special it was. Did you understand 
what you you guys were creating at that time there, especially as a a kid from Canada that went to the states and linked with Cartel to put out a mixie. You understand how special that was then? You know what? I understood how how like I was a fan of his before I met him, mm-hmm. just because I was already remixing his stuff. So when I met him, it was just like, yo, I really want to work with Cartel. I know I could bring a different energy to what he's doing. Not to say that what he's doing ain't great, but I know when you when you mix the two of us together, it's yeah. madness. You know what I mean? So, so when when we linked and we, I, don't know, I was hearing the stuff we're doing, I'm like, yo, this shit. This, I couldn't even like. I was just like, yo, this shit is gonna be so crazy mm-hmm. when people hear this, like Cartel on some. On another, yeah. on another planet, and you already know he's a lyricist. So mm-hmm. him putting them lyrics on like some crazy hip hop or different kind of styles, is, it just turned out crazy. That that CD made it to the New York Times, you know. They, okay, it so the they, they it was a write up in the New York a Times. write up in the New York what Times. They, what did they say about it in the New York? Well, they Times? just said like talking about him in general, mm-hmm. but they mentioned that this CD was causing waves his latest you know mix cd was causing waves yeah. and they mentioned my name of course and mm-hmm. all the work i put in and it was just basically a big big up like because because yeah. remember it's straight he's straight dancehall but the, the cds that i try to do and even product producing songs for people mm-hmm. artists i try to bring them to a different zone that they're not normally in yeah so like this cartel cd would be totally different than any other mix cd that he would be he, he's done in the past right yeah. so i'm mixing all kind of stuff so people with dj's would take the songs from those mix cd's and play them on the radio yeah because yeah. there was a lot of remixes like that i would do that they would just rip them off the cd play them on the radio mm-hmm. so that's why we're creating new songs we're creating new mm-hmm. we're here you're hearing cartel with you know I don't know, Rihanna, whoever, right? And you're hearing a different, you're like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring him to different, different, and it, it helps because now he's in different people's cars, right? People that might not have known Vibes Cartel, but maybe they know my mix CDs. They pick it up and they're like, who's this cartel? Boom. All right. They put it in. All right. Yo, I, yeah. I, I got fucking this. And it worked, you know it worked I mean? the other way too. People way. That, that knew cartel. But don't who's, know who's, me. Who's this, who's this DJ Power yeah. guy? You know? So like it works both ways mm-hmm. and it helps everybody bring a di- different audience. You know? Collaborations. So, collaborations. Yeah. You know? Them CDs playing on the radio. I mean, people ripping them off. Some of them even take out my name. Yeah. <laughs> One guy Yo. did that. Took out my name. He's actually yeah. a big DJ. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to blow him up. But he took out and there was a big yeah. beef behind it. Yeah, he took out my. He actually took. Well, I did Cartel Biggie. If you look online on YouTube, there's a Vibes Cartel yeah. and Biggie song. Mm-hmm. That's what, me and him did that one. Me and me and Cartel did that one, and it's online. But he actually took out my, <laughs> put in his name because he did the original Biggie track. So he's thinking, oh, because Cartel jumped on my Biggie track, I'm gonna take out Power's name and then yeah. put my name in it. But no, he tried that thing. But so, then okay, so he m- took out your name and added his, his name. name. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, but he got cussed behind that. Yeah. Um, Mr. Morgan cussed him out for me mm-hmm. and told him, yo, what are you doing? Like, you yeah. can't do that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. But, you know, that happens, whatever. But And what just after you guys, you guys recorded the CD yeah. and everything, Hotel Room, and you presented Cartel with the final product, what did he feel about this final CD that you guys put together now? Yo, he loved it, man. He loved it. You know, he loved it. Cartel, Cartel is, I would say, the hardest working artist I've ever worked with in my life. Like, he... Man, like, he just his brain, how his brain works. Like, yeah. he's just sitting there, like, recording. Like, he would do so many songs just in one, 
like one session we're just yeah. banging out banging out like i've never really seen it like that mm-hmm. happen so quick like that before and just like the, the work ethic of just getting things done and and just uh and and you know another thing a lot of people need to is learn is like the actual um like just going with the flow kind of thing and yeah. not being so like some artists are like so very picky and they're very like nah I don't want to you know yeah. do this or try this and he's very open like that so I would say like that really helps him because he's worked with a lot of people and all it all comes back to him because he's he's open like that to you know try different things yeah and and he's and and, and keep up that work ethic where you know a lot of people they get lazy you know what I mean no oh, I made it I'm here yeah. I'm here but nah you got to keep on that grind you, you know? got to actually work harder once you get yeah. to the top you got to work harder to stay there than right. was you work to get there in the first exactly. place exactly yeah CD out now, banging down the place, doing a lot of stuff. So what were you doing when this CD came out? What other stuff were you doing at this time? I was doing my regular reggae meets hip hop Mm -hmm. series, which was like, like I said, the reggae with hip hop stuff. Then I would do all different. I did one with Who Kid, with um, G Unit, did one like that kind of stuff. Um, I did a whole bunch of different stuff, like um, mixing, there's different kinds of, I did one with Junior Reed. That one came out. That one did really well too because we mixed his his um that's how the Why I'm Hot um remix came together. Okay, so yeah. then let's backtrack a bit. Yeah. Junior Reed, how did you link with or even connect with Junior Reed in the first place? Was it something there you put out a mix, he heard it? How did you connect with Junior Reed? Um with Junior Reed I connected with him because I had a remix that I did on one of my mix CDs, one of the same reggae meets hip hop remix CDs. I had I had game, Junior Reed. But I put it on the original reggae one blood rhythm. That's so great. that remix on that CD, like I said, mm-hmm. these remixes they get taken yeah. and they get played on the radio. So that missed um, a bunch of DJs on Hot ninety seven were playing the remix, mm-hmm. and even my boy Kali B, big up Kali B, um, he's uh, on the station in the Bronx, mm-hmm. so he was playing it too. So then when Junior Reed came to his station. And he was playing it. They were like, yo, who did that remix? Well, where's that remix from? And he was like, he called me on the phone. He was like, yeah. yo, power that. I got Junior Reed here, you know. Like, this is the remix. And I, and I was talking to Reed and his manager. And they were, you know, so since they were in New York, I was like, okay, come by my studio, right? Yeah. My studio is in Brooklyn. So I told him to come down. The next day they came down and we we're just vibing. And we we're like, yo, we need to do a mix CD because, you know, all these, all these remixes I could do for you and, you know, blow up. Like mm-hmm. his his sound, like he was re, he was alone was doing a lot of collabs for sure. But he was about he was about to do much more. Like mm-hmm. he was just on the the verge because we haven't even done the um the Why I'm Hot remix yet. Mm-hmm. So it was the perfect timing, I guess, because mm-hmm. now with me mixing the the hip hop with the reggae and then him always also doing like a lot of collabs with hip hop artists on his own, it was a perfect timing to do that mix CD, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the whole Why I'm Hot, the yeah. Mims remix yeah. came together by him coming to the studio on the next day. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, I'm in the Digiwax office. And if you know Digiwax, at CL and Mims, they're all part of that team. Okay. Yeah, so Mims is man, it was managed by CL, the Digiwax owner. Mm-hmm. Big up CL, and big up Mims. So they were both in the office and we we're talking. And Mims had the Why I'm Hot record that was hot at the time like mm-hmm. blowing up the streets so I was in the office with them I was like yo you know that re- you know I, I, maybe we should do a remix to the record you know I got I'm working on a mixed CD with Junior Reed maybe we should add him to that you know what I mean and then they were like yeah that's a good idea that's a good idea 
So then I said, all right, so let me give Reed, you know, the track, let him jump on it. So Reed, okay, Reed, he didn't, so I tried to get him in the studio. He didn't come jump on it, but I gave him the, you know, the instrument. I said, you know, you need to voice on this one. So he ended up in Miami and he voiced in Miami with the the original producer for the original record was in Miami. So he went to Miami and he voiced with him Mm -hmm. and that's how it came together. And they voiced that. And then the rest is history. That track, they added Baby Sham to it. Mm -hmm. And that record went crazy. That record went crazy. I'm in the video. You can see me in the video. We shot the video in Miami. Um, And that record went crazy. Record went crazy. And then from there... That's how the relationship started. I started working on more stuff with him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you, because I know eventually you became his official tour DJ and stuff. Like right. That. That's yeah. how it all came together. Then I started, all right, he'll, he'll bring me on the road and we'll do shows together. Uh, we went to Australia together. We did some short tours over there. It was it was it was really like a good run because at yeah. the time he had, he just dropped the game. He had the one with game. He had the Mims one. Then he had... Mm-hmm. The other one was fabulous. He had one with Fat Joe. He was yeah, a, he was the little Wayne. He had one with little Wayne. He was the go-to reggae guy at that time to right. do the remixes. He had one with little yeah. He had one with a lot of artists. Yeah. So that was the perfect the perfect blend. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And reggae we, mix meets hip hop. Like, you know? But again, remember you're you're in your studio just putting this together. Okay, cool. But it's a lot of your relationships that got it in the right hands. Right. That made things take it to that level there. Right. Because remember, these are mix CDs. Okay, cool. He gave one to Cartel. Okay, yeah, we should work. You don't know what he's going to come back with. Right. And it worked. Right. Same thing with Junior Reeds. Hey, we should try this here. Right. And it worked. Right. And I think that it comes back to like, I always tell people like putting in the work and the reputation. Because to be honest with you, if I had just given him a CD, but I wasn't, I didn't have that work in. Yeah. And they didn't have, I didn't have a rep where people know that, yo, you fuck with him he's, yeah. he's got good shit like he yeah. he'll, he'll produce a good track for you but if i didn't have that working mm-hmm. i don't think the response would have been there but the respect was there i think yeah but you know when i meet them the respect is there because they know the work that i put in too yeah. not just what they do you know did you work with did you do any of the hip-hop artists their mixtapes also um i did some like collabs mm-hmm. with some labels and stuff like that like i'll do like a collab with universal or some certain and then i'll put like a a lot of their yeah. stuff on it, you know what I mean? Different stuff on it like mm-hmm. that. And I'll do like up and coming hip hop artists like maybe a Jay Mills or like different artists that are coming up. I'll produce their mix CDs yeah. and stuff like that and do collabs with them. You know what I mean? So I didn't really ha it didn't really have a pref like it didn't really stick to one genre, but it just happened that the that the ones that I mixed the hip hop with the reggae, those are the ones that really, really went took you to that. big. Cause it was it was unique, you know, it yeah. was different. So I think that's what made me stand out, mm-hmm. you know? And just the fact that you thought of this and you just did it one day said, so Let me mix this hip hop or reggae together, see what happens. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I just kept at it. Because yeah. it was it was a, like it was a good lane. It was a different lane. And it was what I was doing. Like I started doing that shit. Like, you know what I mean? So basically pretty much it was it was like me staying in my lane and knowing what I can do with it. So you know? And what you it makes sense there. So even so then now you link with Junior Reed, you link with Vibes Kurt, so doing all this great stuff here, you know, putting all, all these CDs flooding the market. And then CDs started to, they started to clamp down on yes. mixes. Yes, they clamped down. They locked up a lot of people. <laughs> they raided some people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even like the bootleggers that used to sell my CDs, they would get raided all the time. And I mean, 
and it was just crazy, especially yeah. in New York. I I don't know. I mean, other places too, but I know they got a lot of raids, like on Canal Street and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They were getting raided like on the regular. So yeah. <laughs> so it clamped down, and then I was I was still producing. So that's why. I could just focus on the production, mm. producing the songs for the artists. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to do the mix CDs, but I p- produce a song for you and then, you know, keep that going. So know? then now when they started to clamp down on the mixes, were you working with anybody, anybody in particular, or are you just working, it's more or less like freelance, whoever's around, that's who you're going to produce Yeah, for. so pretty much whoever was around. I was working on that. And then after when it clamped down, I took a, that's when around the time when I took the break mm-hmm. from the production a little bit. From production? I took the break from the production because mm-hmm. it, it was just a, a creative space. And I kind of like, I don't know, you know, and you just get, I just got to a zone where I was like, you know what? I just, I just want to focus on the DJing side. Mm-hmm. So I focused on the DJing side for a while because I wasn't in, as many spots as I wanted to be. I wasn't, you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. wanted to focus on the DJ side and make sure, even even the skill level, make sure that I'm, you know, like, because you, you could do two, I always tell people you could do maybe one or two things great, yeah. but <laughs> after that, like, you try to do three things. You try to be a DJ, yeah. a producer, a promoter, yeah. doing show, like, I, that's why I never did the promotion thing. You can't yeah. do, to be great at something, it has to focus on one or yeah. maybe two if yeah. you're, and I feel like sticking to the two, I was doing DJ and production, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of just let, okay, let me just focus on the DJing for a little bit, and then I focus on that, and then I came back with the mm-hmm. production again. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, so I kind of had waves where I did it. And that's when I started like doing stuff with like Marshall. I did stuff with Marshall. I did stuff back with more stuff with um, Junior Reed. I did another cartel. This mm-hmm. is right when he, right before he got locked up, two weeks before he got locked up, we we finished another one. Uh, we put out that one. It was a song or a mixed CD at this that time? That was a song. Now yeah. I'm doing product. Now I'm focusing on the production. And what song was this? That was Makeup. It's a song called Makeup with DJ Power Vibes Cartel. That's the one with the animated video. Yes, animated yeah. video. We did an animated video because he got locked up, basically. <laughs> so two we had to do the am- animation. So shout yeah. out to Bird Villain. They did the am- animation for us. And it was like literally two weeks. Like he's, He messaged me. He's like, yo, you get the track? Yeah, yeah I got the track. Then like a couple weeks later, he's, he's locked up. I just saw that he was locked up. Yeah. So... But we still put it out, you know. Yeah, no, because that that was the beginning of where. Because I think that video, that video took about a year to come out or something. All right, you guys yeah. didn't put it out right away. Yeah, I didn't put it out right away. I was trying to wait to see what was going on with him, mm-hmm. see if he's alright. Because I'm more focused on what he, you know, if he's alright, what's mm-hmm. going on with the case, that kind of stuff. And then once we realized, you know, I realized, okay, this is know, it's just serious shit. Mm-hmm. So just ended up putting it out so the song could at least live, you know. Because at that time, I think this was a time where they just started to do those videos with his voice and his music without him being in it. But you took it to a level where you said, okay, I'm not doing one of those. I'm going to do the animated one. Yeah, we took it to a level. I wanted to do the animated one because I didn't feel like just doing it like that would Mm -hmm. do it justice. So I just did the animated one. I think that was like cool just to do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, people. (laughs) Yeah, a different vibe. You said yeah. you connected with Marshall. No, I know you have all the song with Marshall and Cardinal on the song together. Yes, I have that one, and I also have one with just him mm-hmm. uh, and Kanan. I did the Waving Flag remix too. 
which was that's for an the official World Cup. Re- that's an official remix. Yeah. Okay. For the World Cup. Yeah. Because I know as a DJ, sometimes you don't know if it's official or okay, it's something I put out and put up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we did. Like that's how I kind of linked with Marshall through my boy Johnny, Johnny mm-hmm. Mackey and um, Cali. He was the one that linked. He said, "Yo, Marshall's in uh, in Cali now. Let's do some stuff with him." So. I had I was working on that Waving Flag remix, so we added him on that one, mm-hmm. and then the relationship was there. So when I was doing another song, I said I wanted to remix his. Um, the record he had was uh, I forget the name of the original record. I think it was So High. Mm-hmm. So I did it. I took the record, and then I remixed it, and then I added Cardinal on it, and then we called it Fly So High. So that was another record that I did. And then yeah. we shot a video for that. We shot it in, in Trinidad and St. Martin. couple places, St. Martin's. Yeah. And I think... Toronto. Toronto, Cardi, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cardi shot his part in mm-hmm. Toronto, for sure. couple... I think it was probably last year, I had Corinne Khan in the building. Sitting down talking. Said, yeah, man. My good friend Power is the one that really made the link to Sean Paul for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For Kiran, yeah. How did you link with Sean Paul in the first place? Um, I link with Sean Paul just being in the the business. Like I would go to Jamaica a lot, um, and DJ actually um, for brand new machine, which is Sean Paul's mm-hmm. management team. <laughs> yeah, so I would DJ for them um, up in Mo Bay, and they had some spot in Kingston too. So like you know, we're just good friends, just being in the business, and that's how I kind of link with the team, Fahrenheit, Steve, mm. the whole the whole team, and you know, been good friends ever since. So when Sean Paul was in town, uh, um. You know, Kieran was doing it. He was doing, trying to get his videos and stuff and doing like a lot of events, videoing a lot of events. And I was like, yo, let's go check Sean. I know them. Let's go check them. So we went on the stage. I got I got us on backstage. We went on the stage. Like he was already performing. So I was like, so I was like, yo, Steve, what up? Yeah. And he's like, yo, this is your video guy. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, he's like, yo, can he take some? I was like, yeah, let him take some stuff. So he took some stuff. He shot it. I, I said, yo, edit this quick tonight. Let me send it back to them. Yeah. He sent it back to them the next day. They loved it. Brought them to um, Montreal the next day. Well, I went with them. We went to Montreal for the next show. Did it again. And the rest was history. He's on He's on the road. With it's <laughs> he killed crazy. it. He killed it. Uh, yeah. And that's why I love when people do, like, you know what I mean? Like, the grind, you know, yeah. like actually doing it and j- just getting it done instead of like, I'll do it tomorrow. There's no time for tomorrow. There's only now. now. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. just get it done. Take that opportunity and run with it. So mm-hmm. big up to Kieran. No, when, when he told me, I said, hold on. So it was really power that gave. I said, yeah, man, it was real. Cause you guys were linking from time. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. It was power. It was the one who really yeah. made that happen for me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Big up. And that's what I try to do, help people. And then, and the same comes back because mm-hmm. now the same people will help you. He'll help me or who are other other people that I've helped will help me. So yeah. it's about reciprocating, you know what I mean? You give out, it comes back. And that's why I never understand this thing, oh, I can't give this person this link. They might. No, man, to give them the link and let them, if you, if you trust them enough that they're going to do the work and make you look good and make, and, you know, make it happen, then... There's nothing wrong with that because you give them a link today, they'll give you a link tomorrow. Like it's, it's you have to remember, same shit. It always comes back around. Like the entertainment business you know I mean? is only so big, even though it's a worldwide thing. You know, what there's I mean? only so many players that's in the the business. Yeah, and we we basically, if we don't know each other, we have a link to the link. Right. And it doesn't matter how big the artist is, yeah. you have one or two separations exactly. to get to that artist, that producer, that manager, whoever it is, it's one and two separations from your in the game the real way. 
Exactly. Like when you called me for, for Reed, mm -hmm. Junior Reed, one time. Like it was just like quick. All right, yeah. come. We're at the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah Next happen. thing you know, you showed up. Yeah. Boom. You got, you know what I mean? Those are the kind of things I love because then it always comes back. Like yeah. now I might call you for something. Yeah. Yo, you know, yeah. <laughs> muscle, give me like a YouTube link or something. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's, so how, like, that's how you work. That's how it's it works. Relationships are going to get you to where you need to go in this business. Yeah, exactly. Protect them at all costs. Yeah, exactly. Protect them at all costs. Mm -hmm. The relationships and do good by people, man. That's yeah. the best thing I could advise people. I know people like wonder how you get in this business or how you do it. Just treat people good. And no matter what position you're at, treat people good because it doesn't matter if you think you're here, they're there. It's always going to turn around. You, you never know, mm -hmm. you know. So, like, just always treat people the same. Treat people good. Mm -hmm. And once you treat people good, you're going to have success in this business for yeah. real. You're doing all this wonderful stuff. Did you ever have a manager or you were doing this on your own at this time? I had, yeah, I have managers. Um, I have managers even now, but um, I did a lot of stuff myself, mm -hmm. um, but I also had help. So I also have definitely, definitely have people help, mm -hmm. you know, different managers, different mm -hmm. like even assistants, teamwork. Like teamwork makes a dream. Like I tell you, you cannot do everything yourself. You know what I mean? You see me here, but DJ Power is just a face. You know, there's other people that work behind the scenes and help to make all this happen you know what i mean it's just it's just it's, it, it just can't be one person you can't you know what you, you mean? can't like, engineer no you make can't, the call like, send the email you know what i mean like you can't do it's all impossible that. yo it's impossible so i tell people all the time have your team have a solid team is very very important you know another person i know you connected with also i think this was more like in the last couple of years Walshy fire yeah i mean Walshy fire is Good friend. Every time he comes to Toronto, he's in this chair right here. Yeah, you big understand. up Walshy Fire. Yeah. Big up. How did how did you guys make that link now? Um, Walshy Fire. Oh damn. How do we meet? That's years. Um, I can't even remember how we met. To be honest with you, mm -hmm. but just being, I guess it's mutual respect. Being that I came from the mixed CD game as Soul Controllers, and he mm -hmm. came from the mixed CD as Black Chinese, mm -hmm. and we were the only, we were the ones that were battling in the streets in terms of the reggae, hip-hop, remix CDs. So they would drop volume whatever, six, yeah. we would drop volume seven, then they would drop five, and it was always like, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like a battle, like, you know, so I guess the mutual respect, and you know, he's done a lot, you know, working with Major Lazer and stuff, and he's done a lot with his, you know, producing and stuff. So we have mutual respect for each other, and he's just a good dude, man. He's just a real good dude, and you know, mutual friends and stuff like that. I guess it just bounced to happen that we yeah. come together, we work together, we've been working on some stuff. You because know? you co-produced something the other, was it the other day? When did you guys put out that song? Uh, we did something. We did a video for um, this group called Ao and Teo, mm -hmm. and and this uh, big um, Af Nigerian artist called Ice Prince Zamani. He's huge. Um, so we did a track. I produced that track for. Um, it's it's for a. Bur it was for Bel Air commercial, and it was for like it was called Birkin. Yeah. So it was like Birkin bags, but it was like for Bel Air, the official Bel Air company. So it was a commercial for them. So I produced that one. It was a that track is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, man, it's crazy where, again, as you said, as a little 12-year-old kid fooling around until now I'm doing stuff with Vibes Cartel, just a CD at first, and then now I'm producing official tracks. Junior Reed, Bell Ear, all of these stuff here just from curiosity, staying at it, and just keep putting in the work. That's pretty much all I can tell you is keep putting in the work because a lot of times things that you think will do well, they don't do well. Mm -hmm. So I've had to, like, you know, okay, 
keep going at it, keep going at it. And there's a lot of like, you know, things that you'll have to face that you might not, you never seen coming and mm -hmm. you just have to like deal with it at the time. But I would just advise people just, once you stay, the consistency is the key to anything. It doesn't matter if you put it out, you might get a hundred streams on this one. Mm -hmm. The next one you might do 500, you know, the next one you might do a thousand. So if you keep that consistency, like, and don't, basically give up on it because you think that it didn't reach the potential that you thought it was going to reach at that time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people think like, Oh, it didn't reach what I thought it was going to. And I put all this money out. Well, don't give up. Cause every time you do it, it keeps adding on. It's like building a house. You put one brick down, another brick, you know what I mean? You got to build it up and then it's always going to pay off in the end. Mm -hmm. If you keep at something, it's like if you're hitting that wall. If you keep hitting that wall, it's going to eventually, a hole's going to come, right? So you got to just do it like that. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, exactly. You understand. Even though I'm thinking there, I know that you had put out a new track a couple of days ago with four people. It's an Afrobeat yes, track. Yes, I put out Afrobeat tracks called Choose to Lie mm -hmm. with Alex Malley. Shout out to Alex Malley. She's a big artist, R&B artist in um, New York. Mm -hmm. And Ricardo Banks from Nigeria and Ajura. So this song is called Choose to Lie. It's out now. Um, it was a nice big collab. Like that, this song is it's gonna it's it's gonna build, and it just mm -hmm. it just dropped like a couple of weeks ago. But mm -hmm. look out for Choose to Lie if you can stream it on all platforms. Um, also, I did that song in the summer with Cartel, the Home, home. record. Him and home. Savage. Yeah, Him and Savage. Okay, that one there, and you guys shot the video up here with Big Up Zebe as the Big lead Up Zebe, yeah. Right. Big Up Zebe's in the video. Um, uh -huh. and yeah, we shot the video here because he, he shout out Toronto, and he's like, yo, Power, I want you to make sure this video, you know, comes out right and everything. Mm -hmm. And so we did the sh shout out to um, Goldmine Media, K-Nemesis. Big Up, he shot the, he directed the video. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it worked out really good. So big up to um, the whole team that made that happen. And you have another cartel. It's for them on the track it's cartel and three other people yes that one was called special delivery i dropped that yes. like about a year ago mm -hmm. um that one is with vibes cartel and junior reed on the hook and then it has sl from yeah. the uk who's a big drill rapper from the uk mm -hmm. and then skrilla from brooklyn and then it has um no joke jigsaw from toronto so it's like basically Brooklyn, like New York, London, Toronto. Yeah. And then it has Jamaica. Yeah. You know, so it's a crazy collab of all these artists. And, and that video, you can see it on YouTube. Um, actually, it just got added to MTV base in Africa. So that's good news. It just, just added it last week. Yeah. So special delivery is called. Yeah. You're, what you've done, especially again, coming from Toronto, because we're, if you lived in the city long enough, you remember when Toronto wasn't that cool place where the Americans now want to come. One time you tell Americans you're, you're from, not even Toronto, they probably don't even know where Canada, in their mind it's just Eskimos and <laughs> snow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Canada. Who wants right. to go there? Right. Now? Yeah. Everybody wants to come. <laughs> just to even look, just to go to the CN Tower, they want to come here. Right. Exactly. You know well, yeah, shout out all the artists that have been putting in the work and representing the city, you know what I mean? Like, then blew the city up crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, so many artists, I don't even want to start naming names, but <laughs> we all know that there's a lot of artists that yeah. help push the city, you know what I mean? So big, big, big up to all of them that's doing the work. Definitely. And I know you've done, you've done some crazy tours. You've been to India? Yeah, I've been to India three times. I've done Australia four times. Mm -hmm. I've done China. Um... Europe, of course, Caribbean, 
Um, I haven't done any South America yet. I'm, I'm excited to do South America. And I'll be in Africa for the first time this month. So okay. from December 19th, I'll be in uh, Nigeria. First time in Nigeria, so big up on my Niger crew. Um, and then Ethiopia. So I'm looking forward to the first time being in the motherland. Crazy. That's big there. You said India, China. Where else you said? Australia, Australia New Zealand, mm -hmm. Europe, um, obviously all over the Caribbean, um, obviously all over the North America. Um, but you did Vegas and all that. Too, yeah, Vegas. Yeah, all over North did. America. Yeah, yeah. Vegas, Miami, Atlanta, New of course, New York. Okay. Um, Chicago, Detroit. Out of all of these places, I mean like China, India, New Zealand, those, where was the craziest experience for you? Where it was like, holy smokes, this is wild, bro. In terms of the party? In terms of the whole everything, where it was the party, the environment, the club, the people, everything, somewhere that just stuck out like, holy smokes, I did not expect this. Um, I think in Hawaii. I did Hawaii. Hawaii? That was, um, yeah, I did the Aloha Stadium, which is t like maybe 15,000 people. I opened up for um, Chainsmokers, which is huge. So that was crazy. I mean, yeah. like 15,000 people performing. That, that was, I'd say that was probably one of the craziest experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say maybe Australia was crazy too, just because it was different. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a lot of, it was like it was backwards like in terms of like the race relation like mm -hmm. they have like there was some s stuff that wasn't good that happened at the club with the security yeah. dissing dissing people coming in and dissing people of color what? and i had to uh, yeah there were dissing people of color like calling them names and so i went on the mic and i i dissed the security i was like yo we don't we don't fuck with that shit here mm -hmm. So they came and they basically tried to surround the DJ booth and try to kick me off the DJ set but then the people surrounded them. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, yo, this ain't happening. Yeah. So you surround me. They yeah. surround So what are we yeah. doing so, here, boss? Yeah, what are we Who doing? Is, what yes. are we doing? Because <laughs> I'm not, you know, yeah. I don't I don't tolerate that shit, you know. Like, we don't we don't put up with that. I don't care where we are. And especially you, know I mean? you said that, uh, look, your your father's involved, you right. know what I mean, with the, with the black movement and stuff. Right. So right. then clearly, you're not. This is something that you know. You're not right. going to let this just No, die. no, not at all. Not at all. So, you know, it was, it was like, I'm glad that um, everything worked out in the end, but like they had to learn their lesson. Like, you yeah. know, we don't, we don't fuck with that shit. So mm -hmm. they were surprised. <laughs> they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I've had some crazy experiences, man. Like I'm being on tour. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. No, because especially even somewhere like China. All right. Yeah. What, what is it like to play somewhere in China, boss? China is, okay, let me tell people about China. First mm -hmm. of all, China is the most advanced place I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. It's the most futuristic place. They are way ahead of us. China. Shout out to China. They are clean. The place is clean. Mm -hmm. the, the technology there is just crazy. Um, the people are nice. I had, a, I had an amazing time in China. I would definitely love to go back to China. Um, and, you, and, and for somebody, anybody who's business-minded, entrepreneurs, you go to China, you'll find something. Like, you'll find something that, okay, I got to get this and bring this back because I will make money. Like, they have so much yeah. stuff going. Even if you go to the flea market, yeah. you'll find stuff that you'll be like, what? They got yeah. this here for this much? All right, this is my new business. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, China is... Like, it's just a place that I think everybody needs to experience because it's 
they've been, been doing so much and i know like the history of china and how far they've come mm-hmm. so it's like just to see the, it's just crazy like you, you you have to just go there to see it so i, I really like china um and then like i would say another place um, i like new zealand new zealand was cool mm-hmm. cuz new zealand is like it's like the maori people um and they're like the native people of new zealand so the culture of new zealand is really like half maori half i guess you would say english okay but so the, there's really intermix in the culture there so it's really cool like learning about the traditional um you know the tr- traditions in new zealand and then the place is like it's like beautiful like yeah. that's where they filmed um what's that movie that old lord of the rings yeah, it? so you see all those like like that kind of like the place just yeah. just looking at it is just like crazy. Wow, this place is yeah. like so beautiful, you know. That's wild. Again, those places, these are some places where you'd never imagine going there. It's like why would I even go here for? But you have to remember New Zealand is big on reggae. New Zealand is huge reggae cuz that's where Bob Marley went. Mm-hmm. And since he went there, like reggae is huge in New Zealand like mm-hmm. They have a lot of reggae groups. They have like big reggae festivals. Like reggae is huge there. That's where me and Junior Reed went to. So yeah, reggae is huge over in New Zealand. So shout out New Zealand and even like the Polynesian islands. Reggae is huge mm-hmm. a lot throughout like Fiji and all those islands over there. Reggae is really big. So when they hire you, what what type of music are they hiring you to play or they're just hiring you because you're DJ power and when you get there, you have to figure out what I'm going to play for these people. Cause I'm pretty sure what you play in India might be slightly different than what you play in China will be different than what you play in New Zealand, different right. than what you play in Hawaii. Yeah. So what I'm, what I am is I'm, I'm called the open format DJ. So that means I play a mix of everything. So, but when I get to the spot, obviously if it's more of a hip hop oriented club, I'll play more hip hop. If it's more reggae, I'll play more reggae. If it's more Afro, I'll play more Afro. So, kind of goes to where i'm going to like for example i'm going to nigeria obviously i'm going to play more afro maybe some dance or maybe some hip-hop but mm-hmm. it'll be a little more afro focused right but when you're an open format dj you're supposed to be able to adapt and be able to play everything and because i have good knowledge in like a lot of different genres mm-hmm. that makes me able to go into all these markets yeah. i can go to vegas and do like a you know house music set or like mixed with hip hop or whatever like i can do those sets yeah. because i have like you know all the genres that i have the experience in you know so even though you're open format your foundation is still the hip hop and the reggae right. that's your foundation right that's my yeah. foundation mm-hmm. exactly that's my foundation and then i branch off everything from mm-hmm. there so yeah. you stick you got you got your foundation right and then everything just builds out from there yeah like, so you know, when I come, I'm playing some hip-hop, some dance song, mm-hmm. and then everything will build out from there. You know what I mean? For sure. What would you say has been your greatest accomplishment so far? My greatest accomplishment? Mm-hmm. I would say greatest accomplishment would probably be, hmm, that's a good question, bro. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, being... I know this is going to sound weird, but like I would say being open and being accessible because I feel like that's what made me 
keep going and made me where I am today is being open. Like, I don't care who you are. Somebody could come to me and I'll learn knowledge from them, whether it's like, you know, another DJ or another purse producer or just even just a regular person might I just I'm just open to like listening and learning mm-hmm. because they might tell you something like I've had so many experiences by being humble I'm sitting on the plane next to somebody or I'm doing and just listening and then you learn so much oh shit I never yeah. knew and that gave me an idea okay you know what I need to produce a track with yeah. this person <laughs> and that turned into yeah. something huge or like you need to you know this is one of the hottest songs in you know New Zealand you should learn this one and I learn it and then I'll bust it up with a remix and that might be the biggest song for the night just because I wasn't I was humble and I was talking to people and I was open and accessible I feel like that really keeps the energy and keeps everything going mm-hmm. because you can learn so much from so many people and and if you kind of close yourself oh I know it all like I'm on this level and then this person ain't on this level. So I'm going to, you know, you get stuck in a box kind of thing and you don't really see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? So I think that's the best advice or important that I think with people is just don't stay in that box. Yeah, you've made it to here, but there's so much more. So kind of just be open to other ideas, Mm -hmm. other things that people might come to you with. And, you know, you, you, you never know the possibilities of that. You know what I mean? That's true. Good one. You've been putting in the work. When when did you start DJ? Like I said, when I was twelve. But then I officially maybe fifteen, sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So you've seen the Canadian landscape change over and over, from right. underground artists right. to now mainstream artists to some of the biggest artists in the world. What's your take on the Canadian music scene right now in like a 2023, 2024 type of? I think it's dope. I think it's blowing up. It's doing well. I mean, I don't really, I see so many new art. Like, that's what I'm saying. Again, <laughs> I'm open to, I'm working with some artists that people might not know yet, but yeah. you know what I mean? Because it's just open to music and listening to music and hearing what sounds good. Go with what sounds good, you know? So there's a lot of artists that are coming out now um, that, you know, may not be big yet, but there's a, so much talent. Like, I go to some of these showcases, and there's so much talent. Um it's it's crazy, and even obviously you know the big names that are out now, but there's always always other artists coming behind them too, even that they're trying to put on, you know. So, I would say like it's it's crazy. I I yeah. just love this scene. Like it's 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 huge right now. I don't I don't see it going nowhere. Yeah. So big up to all my artists straight from here. Hundred percent. Produce. You've done a lot of productions. If you could sit down in a studio with somebody and produce them, who would your ultimate artist be to produce right now ultimate artist to produce right now Mm, that's a good one that is a good one Uh, there was a couple that were on my list let me think i like i like this artist out now called don tolliver yes he's dope Mm -hmm. um i could i could definitely do some crazy work with him um there's another, I'm trying to think who else. I like, um, what's his name? What's his name again? Somewhere, so I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting. Hmm. My mind. <laughs> no, it's Don Tolliver. There's another one that, um, oh, I want to do some stuff when I'm over in Nigeria. That's what I was thinking when I'm yeah. on my trip. Mm-hmm. I want to link up with Iris Starr. Mm-hmm. She's somebody I really want to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's dope. Um, and then... Some of the artists from here, I like Smiley. I was going to do something with him. Okay. I want to do something with him. I like Burner Bands. Um, 
and then some of the I like some of the southern trap artists like um, Moneybag Yo and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I like I like s- some of the southern trap, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely, those are some of the artists that you would like to actually sit down in a studio and produce some stuff for. Right, 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 right. You know I mean? Exactly, and give yeah. them that DJ power. Yeah, exactly. Because because the, the thing is, what you got to remember is that when you bring those artists, I'm bringing them into my world. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're not on used to they're not gonna come on a track that they've heard before like you know because every producer has his own sound like yeah. Metro Boomin mm-hmm. or Tay Keith or whoever has their own sound but now you're coming into my sound yeah. so now you're gonna get that's why I like because then I'm gonna bring something different out of them you know what mm-hmm. I mean definitely what's your grand ambition for this music business what is that thing that you have to do before you say okay you know what I did my thing right here. Hmm. I want to produce. Well, I'm finishing up this project right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should hopefully that drops next year. Mm-hmm. Finish that up. But then I want to do um, like a little document documentary about what I've been doing and like mm-hmm. all the stuff I've been doing. I really want to put together that. And then I want to put some music together for like. I'm working on some more music for like movies and TV stuff like that. But movie, like I would, I wouldn't mind like the perfect like I don't know what what kind of genre of movie is gonna be, but yeah. I wouldn't mind like having that option to actually score something. You know what I mean? That yeah. that like something like I don't know, it'd have to be some kind of action or some kind of like yeah. crazy movie that fits my fits my style. I'd love to like be able to score like. Not just have like a placement, but actually score it. Score it. Yeah, Where you know now you're saying? bringing the, the movie to life via music. Right, you exactly. I mean, exactly. your thoughts right. went into this here, and these emotions you're feeling watching this because of the music, I was the one that made this happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the score. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a big one, Celia. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of people, yeah, I, I, I want my song in a movie or in a video game or something. Yeah, dude, that's amazing, you know. No, but I've but done, the like, score. yeah, but I have scores right now that I'm already pitching. So, like, I'm I'm already in that lane, but mm-hmm. I want, that's my goal, like, to get a full score, you know, for a proper movie that, you know, I think, like, yeah. that's going to be, that would be sick. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Power. Listen, I knew it took us probably two, three years to get this conversation happening. Yeah, it took you us a while I mean? to get this conversation. <laughs> but again, I'm so happy that you sat down and did it because, again, you're somebody like, we know you're from Toronto, but I think a lot of people... Well, because I left, a lot of people don't know that I was originally from here. That's the thing. So, because I left and moved away, yeah. so it's like people might not know that, oh, yeah, you originally mm-hmm. was here, but, you know, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you're just happy. You're just cool. And, <laughs> yeah. And that's what that's why I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to give Power his flowers tonight on the podcast because, again, you would, there's a lot of people in this game, and there's a lot of people that, for some reason, they get looked over a bit. And, again, now I understand why. Because you said you moved away for a bit. Yeah, you came back, and you're not always around. Right. So then you don't really say, okay, it's him, him. Okay, we need a producer, him. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So exactly. definitely, thank you, Power. No problem. Thank you, brother. brother. Is there yep. any topic that you want to cover that we didn't cover tonight? Mm, that I want to cover? Not really. I mean, I just want to shout out all the people that's putting in the work, all the other DJs, um, producers, everybody that's putting... Our good work, you know, um, 
and just um, give thanks that I'm give thanks, you know, for everybody that's helped me. Yeah. Everybody has helped me to get to where I'm at. You know, a lot of people helped me too. So, um, I, I definitely want to do some um, like some some maybe some kind of mentorships and stuff like that mm-hmm. in the near future, like to help people, like if they have questions, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just to give back. Um, I've done a lot of that stuff before, but I want to like maybe make it more regular where people. You know, if they have want to learn how to get into business or stuff like that, you know. I got a good one for you before I get you out of here. What's been your proudest moment so far in this journey so far? The proudest moment. Yeah. And remember, um, sometimes proud could be the simplest little thing that nobody else in the world would acknowledge, or it could be the biggest thing that everybody knows. But for you in your heart, this yeah. made me so proud that I did this or I was a part of this. Um. I would say just just being able to like to see the reaction on people's faces. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the biggest thing when you see the reaction, either whether it's live or just like people listening to your song or they're dancing to it on TikTok or whatever. Those things like just to actually see that people are feeling the work that you put in because a lot of times people don't realize how long, like some of these records, they take a while to put together because I don't really... I'm not kind of like this, you know, um, you know, what do you call it? Macaroni and cheese kind of producer where mm-hmm. it's like done in a minute, you know, yeah. like I really take time to put these collaborations together and take, and it takes a lot of work. So I appreciate when people, they like it. And then, you know, that's, that's actually like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> makes me happy that you, you know, appreciate right, what like they appreciate thing. what you've done. Right. Exactly. And then family, of course, you know, mm-hmm. my family, you know, my daughter, um, and then, you know, that's, that's you know, big achievement to have family, have people that are around you, that are close to you, that you love, they love you back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, big achievement for anybody, you know, family. Definitely. They want to catch up with power, want to book you here, anything you have coming up, leave some social contacts, anything you have, any big ups, anything you want to say right now before I get you out of here. Um, big up to obviously you big up to all the work that you put in because i remember when you were <laughs> putting out them mix cds and helping everybody get their mix cds to the world mm-hmm. um so shout out to you for that because that's a big part of a lot of people's careers is, is the spreading of the cds so mm-hmm. big up to you for that um i want to shout out everybody that supports my music everybody that comes to my shows everybody that listens to me streams me keep streaming dj power on all platforms um I just want to thank everybody for listening and everybody that's doing it, you know, big up. Mm-hmm. Where could they check you out on social they media? They can check me out on social media at DJ Power Music on IG, uh, DJ Power Music on Twitter, uh, DJPowerMusic.com. And that's pretty much it. You can yeah. get me everywhere. You know who I have to big up to before we get out of here? I have to big up Rod. Rod was yeah. really the, he was a conduit that linked us together. Yes, you we got a big up Rod. Um, he was the one who distributed a lot of my mix CDs, um, especially here in, in Canada when I was in, in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was doing like the whole um, mix CD game and, and and not just me, he helped out a lot of people. So I, got I know he did Future B the Prince. Master B, yes. Future the Prince, shout out to him. The, yes, that's when Future put out the D. Yes, he did Future the Prince. Yes, bro, yes. So shout out to Future the yeah. Prince and, and Massive B, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rod, big up Rod. Um, always, man, enough respect to Rod. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for actually that, yeah, linking us. And then making that like that—that's the—that's the link from them times to now that we we still have, right? Because yeah. 
through him. So big up to Rod. Yeah, man. Everything is always one phone call away. <laughs> Everything is Whether one is, phone call is. away. We get it. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Power. Yes. Thank you, my yes, brother. Yes, brother. You don't know how much it's meant to actually sit down when you. It's you know some of the best feelings is actually getting to sit down with people that you've done business with outside of podcasting, where we've right. done other type yeah. of business where we didn't even <laughs> think of a podcast. Yeah, we weren't you even know thinking. What I mean? Like it's just like, yo, power, I need this or yeah. muscle, I need it. Yeah, it's just like that. So mm -hmm. that's good. Like, and, and we made it happen. We made it happen yeah. at the right time. Definitely. Timing is everything, right? Everything. You, everything you've been in this business. Right time. How many years have you been in this business? I've been, I wouldn't, I would, a long time, man. Yeah. I can't even sit because if we count when I started, I don't even, <laughs> I can't even, <laughs> If you say I'm in the business, because yeah. I started as a kid, so yeah. I wouldn't count that as I'm in the business. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it would be hard to say. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. You, you've done at least two decades in the business. Yeah, exactly. Minimum. Two decades in the business, yeah. for sure. Because actually, I forgot one thing to mention mm -hmm. was like the early, like those, like the, when the mix CDs were out, I think that was like mid to, or 2000. Yeah, that or, was 2003, four, five, six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So around there, that's when like, when the mix CDs were popping, that's when um, I got my first like club gig at Club Speed in New York, and that was like the number one hip hop club in New York City at the time. Yeah, and like I'm talking like G Unit would come through, Dipset, I mean Locks, yeah. everybody would come through, and I was, and that was like the best experience at the time, mm -hmm. and that was kind of a monument. I would say that was kind of a monumental moment for me in my career mm -hmm. to actually DJ on the Saturday nights and be the resident DJ. And I was the the warm-up. I was the opening DJ. Yeah. Let's get it clear. There was the big DJs <laughs> yeah. were coming after me and then the big artists. But just to have that well, experience. But you were still there. Yeah, I was still there. And that was like, I would say that's a, minor, like, a moment in me that made me probably like, yo, like, I felt like I made it. <laughs> and especially <laughs> like, you know I mean? you're in, you have to remember, this time going to New York. Yeah. New York was the, the mecca. This was right. where it happened. And now that the kid from Toronto got to go to New York, and I'm playing in this club, and I'm seeing these rappers I used to see on BET and all these things all the time, <laughs> yeah, bro. exactly. They're right here? Yeah. Boss. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's exactly crazy. And so that I would say that would be like yeah. a moment. That, <laughs> that was a moment. One of those when moments. When I knew, yeah. like, all right, cool. This is yeah, it. Yeah, we're here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so you say 2024 right. you have some production you yeah. have you're, you're you're going you're in africa in a couple of yeah, weeks, africa, you have couple a lot of weeks. Stuff. i have more more tracks coming out so look out for a lot of mm -hmm. tracks in 2024 yeah uh that's pretty much it you're gonna have more music from me a lot more sooner because i got i got a shout out on my team because we got some new deals on the table mm -hmm. so it's gonna be a lot um more better to get this music out to you and um yeah so you'll be seeing a lot more a lot more live shows too definitely Bam. Power, respect again. Respect. Bam. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. Bam. Power. Oh, yeah. Yes, brother. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.